On this episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast, we're going to be talking about young, misunderstood love on the song She's Just a Baby. And joining me to discuss this unreleased controversy era track is Micah Simpson from the Purple Underground. Welcome back to the show, Micah. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me back. You're welcome. You're welcome. Always glad to have you. It's been a, we were just talking, it's been a whole year since we last talked about uh, La Grind from the Black Album. So, you know, we kind of took a step back from that. That that was a, an unreleased album for several years until it finally got the official release in 1994. And now we're talking about another, at least as of the recording of this episode, it's still unreleased song. She's just a baby. And we, like I said, taking a step back. We're back in 1981 now in the early 80s. And Prince is not yet a megastar. Uh, he's, right. he's, you know, getting there, getting closer to becoming, you know, that breakthrough pop artist that he would soon become. But as of now, you know, he's still he's doing his thing. He's making album after album, you know, gaining some popularity on, you know, black radio stations and R&B charts and dance clubs. People know him but he just hasn't quite broken through to the mainstream yet. And um, She's Just a Baby is assumed to be recorded, you know, in early 1981, according to Prince Vault at his Kiowa Trail home studio in Chanhassen. So this is the house he just moved into after um, living at the North Arm Drive uh, house in Orono, Minnesota, where he recorded some Dirty Mind era songs. But apparently that house wasn't, you know, good enough for him, so he moved on up into the Kiowa trail home bigger and better he was able to get uh, his home studio built here and there was a lot of he wrote a lot of songs at this Kiowa trail home it was a very productive location for him and from like 81 to 82 for sure maybe even into 83 so micah with she's just a baby coming from the controversy era this is an era that you know you chose this song what do you like about this era, this song in particular, as to why you maybe chose it to do for this episode? Well, as far as uh, the era, uh, the Controversy album is sort of special to me because that was the first Prince album that I actually owned. So, uh, and I actually, because uh, at the time when my father bought me the album, we were supposed to by Purple Rain, so I, I was I wasn't even familiar with none of the material on the uh, con- uh, controversy album. So, but uh, uh, regardless, I mean, when I first heard it, it just uh, blow me away, you know. And so, uh, and it's, it's it's really sort of, you know, like the bridge to 1999, which. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it's what made him uh, a, a crossover star. You know, he wasn't a global superstar yet, but that was that really got his foot in the door. You know, yeah, he was getting closer. Absolutely. And uh, and as far as the uh, the song, she's just a baby. Um, I just, uh, you know, when when you ask me what songs to. Uh, you know, what songs do I want to pick? And I know a lot of people are going to, you know, have their hands in, you know, getting a lot of the, uh, you know, the uh, a lot of the more popular ones that, you know, people in the Prince community uh, are familiar with. I just, 
I just thought about maybe just doing something, you know, uh, something from that period. And, uh, you know, I, I, for the most part, I actually like the song. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, I think it's I an would, underrated song for sure. Yeah, I, 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 I love his, the vocals on here and, uh, and everything. Uh, I, I actually remember the first time I heard it. And it was, uh, I mean, if you want me to, to tell you the story real quick. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Okay. Everybody's got unique stories about when they heard unreleased material. Right, um, right. I mean, I know nowadays it's so easy. You just like read about a song in one of Dwayne's books or something like that. And then you look it up on YouTube and you can find it. But that's not the way it always was. Right. right. So that, it's a lot easier now to hear unreleased Prince music um, if it has leaked out of the vault. That again, that is not always the way it was. We didn't have all of these mm-hmm. books and, and uh, websites dedicated to like covering all of Prince's material so people would know exactly what existed. Um, so I'd love to hear how you heard of this song, A, heard of it, and then B, heard it. So please share. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. And uh, yeah, you're right. It's uh, it, it, back, back in the day, it was different. Um, now, I will say that I sort of caught on to Prince Bootleg's a little late, I guess, maybe, but because um, I think I was about 16. And this is back in the mid-90s when I first discovered what what a bootleg was. So, but it definitely opened up my eyes to there's another world or another dimension in Prince's musical uh world you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. and um so it was just like wow okay uh there's there's different outtakes there's unreleased songs that i i I was never aware of so so i kept on trying to figure out well how do i go about getting some of these some of these unreleased songs (laughs) and things like that so but back then which i'm i'm sure uh you could relate to this. Um, a lot of the local record stores, the the mom and pop stores, they would have those those bootlegs. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, yeah, you're not going to find it at Sam Goody or Best Buy. You got to you got to go to the, the mom and pops for sure. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You you got to yeah, you got to go to the one that's right in the right in your neighborhood or several blocks yep. away. Yeah, <laughs> so. Uh, so yeah, but uh, you know, after talking to uh, a few people who worked in uh, some of the local record stores, they would say, "Well, look, uh, you know," they would tell me to go check out this spot. So one of the stores that I went to was a store that was in Cincinnati, uh, uh, particularly in the uh, Sharonville um, area. You know, for the uh, listeners who are uh, from uh, Cincinnati or, or even Ohio. So there was this, a store called CD Warehouse, and they had uh, a whole bunch of Prince bootlegs. And so I, I went there, and um, I actually I ordered a bootleg. So, so while I went there to purchase 
the bootleg that I ordered, I went to go check out some of the bootlegs that they had in store. So one of the bootlegs that they had was, uh, it was called Prince Power or, or something like that. And then I think the very first song on there was She's Just a Baby. So um, now the sound quality was uh, atrocious. But, <laughs> but I could still listen and hear the essence of the genius and, you know, so... I was just like, wow, man. So again, again, when you're hearing something new and it just further just opens your eyes, like, man, it's just like, man, it's like, because at that time I'm thinking, man, you know, I got so many, you know, Prince stuff, but it's like, man, I haven't even scratched the surface yet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You you kind of assume that all the good stuff made the album. I mean, that's, that's the logical thought process is like, well, if it's unreleased, therefore it must not be good enough to have been put on an album. Right. With Prince, that's not always the case. Sometimes it just never fit a project or he just lost interest in finishing it properly. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why songs remain unreleased. And it does not, absolutely does not mean that it wasn't of quality to, to make the final album, any album configuration. Right. It's just a myriad of reasons why unreleased songs remain unreleased or may, remained in the vault. So once you kind of figure out, like, Prince unreleased is different than most people's unreleased. Yeah. Uh, most every, everybody else's unreleased is unreleased for a reason. Right. Uh, like a quality reason or just not quite up to snuff. You know, mm-hmm. from a lyrical standpoint, from a performance standpoint, from a musical standpoint. And not to say everything that Prince ever wrote that was ended up in the vault is like A-list material, because it's not. Right. But there are certain, obviously certain songs where, and we all, I mean, I'm obviously preaching to the choir, we all know this now. But I, I would suppose like in the 90s when you're still, you know, he's still actively releasing an album a year, give or take. Yeah. And, you know, you got like in 96, three disc emancipation set coming. I was like, how much more could there be? Right. <laughs> the answer is a shit ton. So we've got right. so much unreleased music. So you could buy a bootleg one day and, mm-hmm. you know, get wowed by you know, half a dozen or more songs. And like you like you did put place an order for another one, get that mm-hmm. one and just have a whole nother dozen or so songs that completely blow you away. So it's it's all just so impressive to me as, you know, a non-musician and a non-artist to think of the amount of material he made and how much of it truly is of quality. Now, right. going back to going back to your comment about the sound quality. Mm-hmm. Now, the version that the full version that's still out there isn't a great sound quality even. So right. I don't know if it's still like still that version that you heard back in the mid 90s. I'm not sure, but um, the the sound version right. that I can that I hear online mm-hmm. that's the full four some minutes long. It's right. pretty rough. Yeah, I think uh, when I was able to purchase a bootleg that actually had it, the quality was still pretty bad. <laughs> but I think it was slightly better than the one that I heard at CD Warehouse, but. And then years later, um, somebody had sort of cleaned it up, but but they don't play the complete version. It sort of fades out after the uh, 
I think right after the uh, chorus or, or right before the uh, second yep. verse. Yeah, yeah, it's in the so, middle of the second verse. It starts fading out. Exactly. Now that yeah, I know exactly which one you're talking about, and that sounds really clean, right? Compared to the full version, and I'll be sharing that the the clean version as much as I can here on the show because that sounds good. <laughs> but then oh, yeah. eventually, like you know, like you said, it fades out. And yeah. we don't get all the rest of the lyrics. So then I'm eventually going to have to switch over to the the rougher version, the one that isn't completely full. I don't have, I mean, I have no idea why that cleaned up version fades out too soon like that. It's like, damn it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Where's the I rest know. of it? Exactly. I mean, because I, when I first heard it, I was like, oh, yes. I was like, yes. And then once I'm listening to it, then it fades out. I'm like, no. Oh, no. Like <laughs> oh man, so yeah, yeah, yeah. but but it playing it, a cruel trick on us. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, definitely, yeah. But uh, but no, nonetheless, uh, I, I still enjoy it, and uh, you know, I I actually tell uh, some some friends of mine uh, that I've met on Facebook who are a lot younger than me, but. They're aware that Prince, uh, you know, had a lot of unreleased material, and they're aware of their bootlegs out there. But it's like they 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 heard of it, but they don't know. You know what I mean? So it's like I try to tell them that that whole bootleg world—it's just a totally different. It's another dimension in Prince's world, and it's like, and it's like you gotta be ready for it. You know what I'm saying? So like, and it's a rabbit hole. It's a rabbit it, hole for it, sure. Yes, exactly. It's it's a rabbit hole, and and if you don't have the attention span for it, you you just you, you can't hang. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that's True. pretty much that's just pretty much in a nutshell. So yeah, back in the day, I was just so uh, fascinated by it, um, you know. And, and plus, I had the attention span, you know, for it and and things like that. And uh, yeah, once I started. Uh, figuring out and start learning like a lot of these bootlegs, the titles and things like that. Uh, thanks to this, this one website uh, that I found on, on the internet back in the day. Uh, I, I can't remember the exact name, but it was uh, like the guide to Prince bootlegs, but it was just a plethora of bootlegs. It just, <laughs> I was just blown away. And, uh, and I remember the cool thing about the website was that, they would give you the title of the bootleg. They would show you what the the, uh, the cover looked like, the image, and they would actually rate it just in case if you're interested in it or they'll tell you, oh, yeah, this is a must-have, this is a classic, or this, or they'll say, yeah, this is poor or it sucks. <laughs> you don't want this. Mm-hmm. For diehards so, only kind of ex- thing, yeah. Ex- yeah. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Very cool. Well, thanks for sharing that story, Mike. I appreciate uh, you know the the perspective and looking back at um, you know how people are able to kind of hear these songs again in the '90s. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't have we didn't have the uh, access, and we'd also you know very had very few written books about it. So it's not like you were reading about songs that existed and just like looking for specific songs. You you, you just got what you got. You didn't know right. how much was still out there unless you started doing more research mm-hmm. and asking around. But uh, yeah, she's just a baby again. This is the song we're going to be doing. It's basically a, a really kind of 
slow jam r&b type ballad it's a love song of sorts and the essence of the song and you can kind of glean from the title she's just a baby it's a song about a love between a man and a younger woman and how he's trying to explain or maybe even justify uh the relationship to others looking on on it and maybe judging it a bit based off of the age gap and anyone who has followed prince's romantic relationships over his career is not unaccustomed to this age gap issue popping up especially in the the late 80s and into the 90s when prince was now like in his early 30s and he was mm-hmm. dating younger women like anna garcia and Maite Garcia, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the age gap there is like ten, twelve years. Looked at by some, especially nowadays, and even then, um, you know, as something that you would have to, you know, kind of look at it with a a little bit of concern side if you eye. thought, the, yeah, side eye exactly. <laughs> like, is it, what what's what is the purpose mm-hmm. of it? Is the purpose mm-hmm. of it because he just likes younger women? Does he like the um, the age gap? Or has the thing for that because he is able to potentially control women who are significantly younger than him? I don't know. We're not going to get into the psychological parts of that, uh, you know, of that part of his personality and his preferences, his romantic preferences. But this song is, in essence, kind of like that. It's kind of explaining and justifying, you know, his love for a younger woman. Now, I assume, and maybe you don't, but I assume you know uh, who this song is supposedly written about. Uh, do you do you want to share if you know, Micah? Uh, sure. I, I've I've read over the years that it is about Susan uh, Moonsey mm-hmm. uh, from the uh, group uh, Vanity Six. Yeah, that's that's pretty much who uh, who the the uh, the inspiration uh, behind it and. From also, I've read that she was sixteen, maybe when they when they uh, dated, or um, yeah, know, when I, they I, first started dating. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, because I started thinking, well, because she was born. I, I found out that she was born in nineteen sixty four, and that this song was recorded in early eighty one. So she she was. Seventeen, I, I believe, when he re, when he recorded this. Yeah, so, Prince would have been right. about twenty-two because he wouldn't have been twenty-three yet. Great, exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's We're only on the same page. <laughs> yeah, it's only yeah. four or five years. You know, yeah. when you think about it, like, but the further away you get from those teen years and early twenty years, mm-hmm. those four or five year age gaps is no big deal. Like, you know, I'm in my late forties. For me to date somebody. Or four or five years younger than me, I'd be dating somebody in their early forties. I mean, who cares, right. right? Exactly. But when, but it always does, like you said, cause a little side eye when that person is still in high school, still a minor. Mm-hmm. And so, if that is true, if the song was written with Susan in mind, it makes complete sense based off of the timing of his right. relationship with her. Vanity Six wasn't yet a thing. Uh, right. He was still. I mean. The first incarnation of Vanity Six was the Hookers, and the, the hookers. hookers had Susan in it. She's the only one that stayed from the Hookers, which never really got off the ground, to right. Vanity Six. The other two members of the Hookers, one was Susan's sister, 
and the other one was his assistant at the time, Jamie Shoup. So that didn't happen. But then when Prince finally, you know, figured out that he did want to do this girl group thing the next year in 82 with Vanity Six, including Brenda and, of course, Vanity, um, you know, she was she was would have been like 18 at the time, right. technically of age. But <laughs> the interesting thing about Susan is that Prince knew and was very aware of her age, uh, how young she was. And really played that up with her image throughout, you know, the Vanity Six, Apollonia Six lifespan. She was the one that was hugging the teddy bear. She was the one that kind of always played like younger. You know, mm-hmm. she had that, um, uh, you know, kind of stage presence. And uh, she was like the innocent, doe-eyed uh, ingenue who did have that schoolgirl kind of uh, appearance to her on stage right. you know and that was part of her persona and like right. holding the holding the the teddy bear was part of her image and part of you know her shtick as a mm. member of those groups so it was definitely a conscious decision to kind of make her the quote-unquote jailbait of the group mm. even when she was of age because you know it was all it was all image and it was all just part of the i mean these women don't normally walk around wearing camisoles and you know, there's sleepwear all the time. Right, yeah. it, was, it was their stage. It was their stage image. Oh, it was yeah. what they. It was what they did to to garner attention and also, um, you know, appeal to a, a very heavily male fan base. Um. So yeah. It, so it, it worked. It makes complete sense, and it totally worked. The music was banging, of course, because mm-hmm. it was written by Prince and produced by Prince. But their stage presence was all about, you know, pushing the the sexuality. And Susan's job was to straddle that um, that fine line between jailbait and uh, like male fantasies of being with somebody um, potentially younger than them. And mm-hmm. whether or not it worked or whether or not it was appropriate, I guess we can debate it and look back on it 40 years later and say, eh, you know, a little bit, a little bit skeevy and yeah. probably would definitely would not probably definitely wouldn't have worked today. I mean, Prince would have been completely raked over the coals for something like this. If this was his, you know, plan in 2022 for a girl group to have one of them pretend to be much younger than they actually are. So, so you know, different time, I guess yeah. we could chalk it up to that, but oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but, uh, but still, if you take all of that kind of eh, squirmy discussion out of, out of the equation about Prince writing a song about a, a high school girl that he was dating, the song itself, I do really enjoy. And I think it's a very uh, pretty, well-performed, kind of um, emotionally um, naked ballad that that Prince sings about. Uh, he wasn't really singing songs like this in the Dirty Mind controversy era. Ballads were not a big thing. Like, Got a Broken Heart Again is like the only ballad off of Dirty Mind. And it's a song about heartbreak. Um Controversy's only real ballad is "Do Me, Baby," and that's that's you know, a sex jam. So this is more of like a, a more traditional ballad, something that yeah. he would have done in the the For You Prince era, or something that might have worked off of the Times debut album as well. I, I, right, I was I was just about to say that uh, it, it really, as far as the the style of the music, it really uh, 
reminds me of the uh, the song "Girl" and uh, well, may, more so "Oh Baby." Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it does remind me of of those songs. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Tender. Um, I'm going to go through the first verse. She's just a baby, a baby, but she's my lady, my lover, my only friend. She's just a baby, but maybe she'll understand that I am made of a true love that will never end. I mean, those are those are that's like a really nice sentiment. <laughs> it's a nice, yeah. nice lyrics. You know, it's if, if again, if you're just taking out the questionable aspects of who he might have been writing it about mm-hmm. just the sentiment of, you know, she's my lady. She's my lover, my only friend um, that he has true love for her. That will never end. Those are, those are nice sentiments. You know, it's, it's a very soft romantic notion that Prince is singing about here. Yeah. It's, it's, it's real sweet. It, it, it really is. It's, <laughs> it, it is definitely a sweet, uh, it shows off the, the more sweet and tender side of, of, uh, Prince. Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. I think that's what kind of makes it still endearing and what why we're able to still enjoy the song um, you know, this this many years later because it, mm-hmm. it's parts of it are definitely universal and the whole that she's just a baby part, you know, we'll get here in the next grouping of lyrics. We'll, we'll call it the chorus. It's it's it basically acts as a chorus. Right. But he change he changes it. He's never really like, quite repeats it exactly the same like most choruses are. People don't understand what she sees in an older man. They never stop to think that maybe I'm what she's looking for. They never take the time to look into her mind. They just keep on saying she's just a baby, but maybe one day they will see she's not such a baby. No baby is she. She's just in love with me. So that's a pretty long quote unquote chorus. A lot, a lot of words there, but essentially like the theme of the song is presented in this chorus that people don't get it. 
people don't understand their love. They don't mm. understand what she sees in somebody that's significantly older. And again, it's really, you know, he's implying that it's not something that he's trying to take advantage of her or that he's trying to manipulate her, that she's, you know, a smart person. Right. They never take the time to look into her mind. They just keep saying she's just a baby. So he's trying to, I think he's trying to say there that if they would get a, have a chance, take the chance, take the opportunity to talk to her about it, they would see that she is just as invested, I think, in the relationship as he is. So, so the power, he's trying to like, even on the power dynamic, so it isn't just him preying on her. It's more of a, they have a mutual love. And a mutual, you know, uh, even understanding of where they are in the relationship. So you guys just don't get it. Like anybody who's critiquing this relationship doesn't understand. That's kind right. of what I'm getting out of the chorus, at least, is him trying to explain that to people. Yeah, there's, uh, yeah, well said. Um, and there's just this mutual, strong connection or chemistry that they both, um, that they both have, uh, you know, uh, and uh, I was going to say that I, I had I had read that uh, Roy Bennett he he said that Susan was a very sweet and very intelligent girl, and and that uh, Prince had a lot of respect for her, and uh, and uh, that they had a very a great and close relationship. So I think, uh, you know, like these, uh, these lyrics, uh, definitely, uh, speak to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. You can, you can definitely tell through the, the reading of the chorus that he's impressed with her in general. Yeah. And, you know, they, they just need people who again are, have problems with their relationship or, you know, questioning, prince's motives or the you know the man of the song's motives in dating somebody so young uh, shouldn't worry about it because he's not taking advantage of her she is in love with him and that's what kind of strengthens their their bond i guess and his mind is it's not one-sided right mm -hmm. absolutely one thing i one thing I noted in this chorus is the way he phrases no baby is she. Now, <laughs> I struggled with this because I know for a fact that he has done, Prince has done this before, where he reverses the subject of the of the sentence to put it at the end instead of towards the beginning where the subject typically would lie. Like no, Normally that would be phrased like, she is no baby. <laughs> but he says no baby is she. And you know, likely done for the rhyme, you know, with the, with the later line, she's just in love with me. But I know that he's done this before. But my problem is I've done so many of these episodes that I can no longer remember in what song that I've already done, or maybe multiple songs that I've already done, where he's done this kind of like strange little reversing of of the um, the words where the subject is at the end of the song or at the end of the sentence. So if anybody listening can remember a time where Prince does this kind of strange but intriguing uh re rewording of a, a commonly used phrase or or sentence let me know because i came to a blank i could not think of the exact <laughs> example 
And I, I'm sorry, I didn't want to spend five hours trying to go through all of his prints, all the prints lyrics that I've done so far to figure it out. So right. I ain't got time for that. <laughs> you know, but I'd love yeah. to know like where it was because it's gonna bother me until I until I figure it out. Man, <laughs> oh, I might have to try to help you with that one. So I guess that's, that would that's be cool, lot, but yeah, don't waste too much time on it, Micah. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of songs to go back on. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. I know it's one that I've already done an episode on for sure, because I remember talking to whomever I was talking to, and that would be helpful, too, if I remembered who I was talking to, because I could narrow it down. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, he, he has done this before, where he puts that subject at the end of the sentence, where it kind of feels awkward, but works for the song. Right. The next verse is, she's just a baby, a baby, but she's my lady. I know there are some things that she'll never see. She's just a baby, but maybe one day she'll see. Although she's young, she's the only one that can bring out the man in me. Can't you mm-hmm. see? So, like, in this second verse, Micah, what, um, what kind of calls out to you as being interesting or worth kind of pointing out? Well, the the one thing I was trying to to understand with, with this verse was when he says, I know there are some things that she'll never see. That's uh, That was the part that had me sort of uh, uh, puzzled a little bit. So I was trying to figure that out. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Agreed. You, you know, so uh, then he says, you know, maybe one day she'll see. So that was that was another one. But when he says she's the only one that can bring the man out in me, um, I've noticed the way that he phrases that when the way he sings it, it's like it's like he's really it almost sounds like he really means it. Like, yeah, like, oh, yeah, she brings out the man in me. She she's not no, you know, she's not no little girl. You know, she's so. Uh, right. Yeah, I was also kind of puzzled about the there's some things that she'll never see, but maybe she'll see one day or one day she'll see. And the only thing I, you know, and I started like just thinking, jotting things down that came to mind, whether or not they're right. Obviously, no idea. But I just wonder if this is like the only time where Prince kind of admits like her age is, I wouldn't say a detriment, but just still a place for her to grow and learn. Like maybe there are some things in life that she hasn't experienced yet. She's mm-hmm. maybe not as worldly or sophisticated because of, you know, the fact that she's probably at this point in her life never lived on her own. Uh, I don't know. And maybe that point. is maybe that is just the one time in the song besides people him saying people are pointing out that she's just a baby, that he kind of admits her her youthfulness, her age does come with some 
drawbacks and, and mm-hmm. potentially it's there like maybe one day she will see but then again it could mean something completely different and maybe it's more about the love they have um right you know something she'll never see because she's still figuring prince out or you know i keep saying prince because he wrote it again right. this could be this could be he's a third the narrator person. he's yeah. the narrator so mm-hmm. whoever the narrator is whoever's the subject of the song um, maybe one day she'll see, you know, what she means to him potentially. Like maybe she doesn't quite see it yet. Maybe she doesn't quite understand the depth of his love for her. And hopefully maybe one day she'll see that as could potential alternate uh, interpretation of that line. But yeah, those are just a couple of things I thought of because that that's also like you said, jumped out at me along with the, she's the only one that could bring out the man in me. Those are kind of like the key takeaways from that second verse in my opinion Mm -hmm. yeah and then going back to the she's the only one that can bring out the man in me um obviously she's someone who he strongly has connected with let's say in comparison to uh the, the previous lover you know maybe this one is doing something for him a lot more than what you know his his, his previous uh, girlfriends had done. Maybe. So, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe Maybe just because of how their relationship is. You know, some people, some relationships build more than take. And so some relationships can be kind of draining. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the ones you try to get out of, typically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where right. some are more empowering and then they build, build each other. You build each other up and maybe he feels like she builds him up to the point where he feels more like quote unquote man than he's ever felt before. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just then, a way of him expressing that. Yeah. And, and then you have those, other, those also those relationships that sort of crash and burn, you know, real, real quickly. You know, mm-hmm. So yeah. feel stronger with her. Maybe. Yeah. So then the the repeat of the chorus, which I say repeat, but it's mostly new lyrics. People don't understand what she sees in this lonely man. Don't they know everybody needs somebody sometime? I give her all I can, but people don't give a damn. They just keep on saying that she's just a baby. But maybe one day they will see she's not such a baby. No baby is she. She's just in love with me. I like I like these lyrics. They're really quite yeah. 
poetic. Mm-hmm. They're they're pretty. They're beautiful. They're sweet. Whatever you want to call it, whatever um, adjective you want to use. I really do enjoy them. I think he he did a good job writing this song. You know, putting words out there. Like I've done some of these unreleased tracks so far. Mm-hmm. The lyrics are are kind of just there. You know, I yeah. feel like in some songs he would have reworked the lyrics or done something different with some of the lyrics if he had decided to to pursue finishing it further. She's just a baby feels like a finished song to me, especially from the lyrical standpoint. Like, I don't know what he could have done differently to improve these lyrics or make them clearer to make his point more clear. I'm not sure he could do anything better to be honest. Right. Yeah. They're, I mean, they are straightforward lyrics. I mean, it's, you know, pretty much simple and straight to the point, but it, it works. It, it's still effective to where he gets his, point across uh, with what he's uh, talking about. Yeah, I, I think uh, as far as like in this verse, uh, obviously it's like when, he's, when he says people don't understand, so basically it's pretty problematic for for how these people are, how they see his relationship and uh, you know, he's just uh I guess he's just trying to get them to see that, you know, like we're happy and, and mm-hmm. but yeah, they, you know, the, the people not having it, they, you know, they just like, you know. If they're not having it, they're not going to have it no matter what he says. Right. Exactly. Like he could say, yeah, she's in love with me and I love her and I plan yeah. to be with her forever, yada, yada. But those, the people who are against or think that this is not appropriate are not going to care what he says. So it's almost like he's, you know, um, screaming at a brick wall. Like nobody's going to budge and listen probably just because he says that, you know, she loves him for him. She makes him better. She's not dumb. She's, you know, very aware and smart and has agency in this relationship is what you're supposed to get from the lyrics. Uh, some would, of course, argue that if you're a minor, you're by definition, you're not fully uh, don't have full agency over your yourself. I don't know. I mean, 17 yeah. is like you're practically like, oh, so is somebody going to all of a sudden have agency over themselves in three months and say she's 17 and then three months she turns 18. It's not like right. a magic wand. Some people are more mature than others. Right. You know, not all 17 year olds or 18 year olds are equally mature. So we right. all know that as well. So I think where this song is trying to go is she, he's trying to paint the picture that this woman in the song is more mature than your typical 17-year-old, 18-year-old, whatever age. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm getting out of it. Is he's trying to explain, like, don't worry about it. She's She knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's in love with me. I mean, he repeats that. That's one of the few lines that he does repeat. Maybe someday that, or one day they'll see she's not a baby. She's in love mm-hmm. with me. That's yeah. that's that's the thing he's trying to. That's the point I think he's trying to get across here is, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> right, right. And, Mind your and business. You know, right, <laughs> exactly. And, and you know, I've um, I've actually had discussions uh, with uh, you know, far as from with females who. Either they have or they know 
other uh, females who have dated older men. And it, I mean, I, I guess it just depends on the individual and their uh, circumstances. But I mean, for some, let's say, for example, let's say uh, a 17 year old will date a 21, 22, 23 year old because uh, they're more mature. Um, yeah, that they they bring. Uh, I, I guess they will have more security, and maybe uh, the guys in in their age bracket are just just immature. Or they, you know, they're, or there's just no no real chemistry there. So it it really, you know, it really, you know, it just I guess it just depends. I mean, and then and then you have some females who may have not had a consistent father figure in their life. So then, you know, it, 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 yeah. really, just, it just really varies. You know? It is. It's very individual specific. Like you can't yeah. paint this with a broad strokes because every person's di- like, you might find a 17 year old that is that the thought of dating somebody 22 is gross to them. Right. You know, I mean, you're going to get you're going to run the gamut because everybody's different and everybody's got different opinions on right. how things are, or at least what works for them personally. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's OK. I mean, like, I'm not here to advocate either way. I'm just you know, we're we're here to just try to kind of explain where what the the purpose of these lyrics and where Prince was at his head was at at this time in 1981 when he wrote this and try to you know again paint some or provide some perspective around the lyrics mm-hmm. and explain where he's coming from with writing the lyrics i didn't write the song you didn't write the song um but we're just here to try to explain where we think prince was going with the song mm-hmm. and his explanation of you know what what the song is about right. now of course being that it's we know more about you know the backstory than a lot of people like somebody could have just heard the song without knowing anything about Prince dating Susan Moonsey in 1981. And it could just be about any age gap. It could be just about anybody, any older man dating somebody younger. It could be a you know, 35 year old dating a 22 year old it could be a 50 year old dating a 28 year old. Right. You know, anytime that there's an age gap, especially if the man's older than the woman, that is also that is often looked at as, uh, with with a lot of questionable people have questionable concerns about uh, the intent of those relationships like Absolutely. what is what is what is he getting out of it what is she getting out of it is it really love or are they just kind of in a relationship because it works for them in their own unique for their own unique reasons right. and it's not really fair i mean people do it all the time we do it as a society all the time. We look at those older men, younger women relationships with, with a lot of, um, I would say maybe concern or we question, we question judgment, question the motives. Like, why Mm -hmm. is she with him? Oh, it must be for money. Why is he with her? Oh, because he wants arm candy or, you know, he doesn't, he wants (laughs) to, you know, thinks that they're going to be better and better or whatever, because she's younger. And, and, And it's not really fair to, to do that. But as a society, we we have a tendency to judge those older men, younger women, age gaps very harshly. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. 
And you know, again, we're not. We're, I'm not going to fall on either side of the fence because I'm not going there. But <laughs> just putting it out there. <laughs> hey, 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 man! It, it is what it is. I mean, that's. I mean, it is, and it, it, you see it all the time. So it's not anything yeah. new. It's not like Absolutely. we're uncovering some unexplored areas of our of our culture. This is this is something that this is a thing that happens in real life. You can find people of all walks of life that engage in. Uh, consensual relationships where there's a significant age gap and it is what it is. And you might have your own opinions on it and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But um, that's what this song is essentially about. Yeah. People find uh, love and, you know, different variations. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And he's hoping in, in this song, you know, with the chorus being people don't understand. Mm-hmm. That she's in love with me. I mean, I'm truncating the chorus, but that's in essence because he leads both times. He leads it with people don't understand and he ends it with she's she's just in love with me. Yeah. So you now, take out now, all the you take out all the middle and people don't understand that she's just in love with me. Yeah. Now, that part, the way he sings, she's just in love with me. If you really listen to it, you it really sounds so he, he, he sounds so soulful, but so sincere. You know the, the the way that he uh, uh, phrases it. You know, but, mm-hmm. yeah, very sincere. Mm-hmm. What I like about this song, also, and I, I, you know, I love a, you know, I love a good nasty Prince sex ballad as much as anybody else. But he doesn't really go there in this <laughs> song. Like no, this is, he doesn't really get doesn't. nasty in here. He doesn't even make mm-hmm. any kind of like uh, um, double entendre jokes or. Anything like mm-hmm. that that you can imply means something dirty or nasty. Nope. It's pretty. It's no it's pretty clean. No metaphors. You know, no little red Corvette metaphors or mm-hmm. anything like that. This is very straightforward. I love her. She loves me. The rest of the world can just you know go to hell. Yeah, and you know something. Since this was in 1981, and I don't know if you thought about this, but I actually thought about this last night. But since this was early 81, so this is Prince, Dirty Mind, early controversy kind of era. So he's still sort of in that rude boy persona. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if uh, some of these lyrics sort of kind of harken back into like the whole uptown uh, ideology or uh, or mindset far as, um, for example, you know, in Uptown, he says, where I come from, we don't let society tell us how it's, how it's uh, supposed to be. So people don't understand, you know, this relationship, you know, with him and this, and this young woman. But, you know, he's... Yeah. Our clothes, <laughs> our hair, we don't care. And he's yeah. out of his attitude. We don't care. Right. So... And, you know, I think she, uh, I think the, you know, his, well, I'll just say Susan, uh, allegedly, <laughs> you know, she probably <laughs> right, feels right. the same, <laughs> same way, you know, but. Yeah, no, yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Yeah. Kind of going against the, the, the grain again, uh, again for in terms of his, like, uh, what societal expectations, like everybody wants him to date somebody his own age. Well, mm-hmm. if he fell in love with somebody that's younger. I guess in his mind and his justification in the song is that it shouldn't matter. Right. Like, and and going back to like his appearance, 
okay, well, Prince is supposed to be, you know, a straight man, but he's going to wear panties on stage because it shouldn't matter. In theory, mm-hmm. it shouldn't matter. So, yeah, I get it. Absolutely. And then later on in his career, he would sort of revisit these same things in, in the song, uh, The Morning Papers, you know, for us, the lines where he says, why, why does age, uh, what is it? Why is age more than a number when it comes to love? Yeah, the exa- yeah, exactly. I actually looked that up as well. You got it right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's the same exact sentiment. And good point. Thank you for the segue, because the morning papers, as we all kind of assume, was written about Maite. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, you know, came out on the Symbol album, 1992. She was 18 in 92. She was either 17 or 18, depending on what month in 90 in 92 right. of course because you know yeah, yeah, the she was born, she, yeah. exactly she wasn't born on <laughs> yeah. january 1st um mm-hmm. so again basically the exact same age of somebody that he was kind of starting to pursue or was pursuing and it's all about him you know we gotta wait gotta wait you know she's not quite ready for somebody but i'm interested in her we're gonna we're gonna play this out Mm-hmm. People shouldn't care that we might love each other, even though she's young, because why is age more than a number? And he says that right in the lyrics. So it's essentially an updated version of this song, mm-hmm. which, according to Prince Vault, he actually re-recorded and re-performed She's Just a Baby in 1991, which was the time he was recording the Symbol album. Mm-hmm. So maybe he was like, OK, I've got this this person in my life where this song would totally make sense and fit in basically what is a somewhat of a concept album that involves, you know, Maite front and center in the narrative of, of the symbol album, you know, the, the princess from Egypt or whatever country she right. wants to be from. Uh, but then he probably thought to himself, well, I don't know. I, maybe I could do something different. And then he came up with the morning papers. I don't know. Maybe that's right. what he decided but, to do at the end of the day. But you know what? That's something I'm learning now with uh, a lot of these uh, these releases, with a lot of this uh, unreleased material that has been coming out. And then when you hear the different stories from different uh, associated um, people, it's, it's like when Prince will record a song at a certain period, and then we'll read about it and say, well, such and such was the inspiration behind this. But then he won't release it until three, four years later, where somebody else said, well, it was about this person at that particular time in his life. So I I, I kind of wonder when he re- went back and re-recorded She's Just a Baby, if that sort of, those, those same sentiments sort of also reminded him of Maite, you know. Yeah, but, maybe inspired him to create something completely new. Or, or that too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It could have been like, okay, well, this song that I never released, definitely I, when I hear it or think about it, I think of now of Maite because he's no longer, of course, going to be thinking of Susan in 1991. Right. She had, she had been long gone. But then going back and sitting down to re record it and maybe think about its inclusion on this album and with you know my involved or mind 
he might have been been inspired to just scrap it and do something completely new, even though and and keep the same kind of sentiment behind it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's possible. We don't know yeah. for sure, of course, but oh, it's yeah. certainly possible. You have oh, to yeah. know exactly like the exact dates. Like, did he do the? She's just a baby. Rewrite, re-record, and then did morning papers because then that theory makes sense. If he did the morning papers first, and then mm-hmm. also then try to do she's just a baby, then it was probably just a case of him doing two songs with a similar theme, and he picked his favorite of the two. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? It could have been it too. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, it's it's fun to speculate, but until we get those exact recording dates. Or actually, you know what? Yeah, with the "She's Just a Baby," we don't we don't have an exact recording date of nineteen ninety one. It just says estimate nineteen ninety one or estimated nineteen ninety one. So, mm-hmm. and I haven't heard it. I don't. I assume you haven't either. No, unfortunately, no, I have not heard that. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. curious because yeah, I, you know, like you said, is most likely he probably went back and reworked it, and so. Yeah, it probably would have sounded something like "Sweet Baby" from Symbol, like still uh, keeping with that, yeah. still keeping with that uh, traditional ballad sound. Mm-hmm. You're right. Uh, but again, total guess. No, no, no idea. I could be wrong. I could you could have turned it into a club jam for all I know? <laughs> <laughs> club banger. <laughs> yeah, maybe that would be interesting. Wow. Yeah, we'll never. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not gonna say we'll never know. I'm just gonna say we don't know. As a Yet. Yeah, you don't know. There you go. I like the optimism. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Well, Micah, we're pretty much time to wrap up. Do you have anything else you wanted to talk about with this song? Anything uh, we haven't mentioned yet that you think is worth bringing up? Uh, well, I think we covered everything. Uh, the only thing I, I'm was going to maybe add was, uh, uh, according to Prince Vault that this was actually for inclusion on the uh, crystal ball volume two that, uh, that they had, uh, revealed back at the uh, first Prince celebration that was in June of, uh, uh, 2000. But, Mm -hmm. uh, but of course that project, uh, ended up getting scrapped. (laughs) Yep. So, so, uh, but, um, aside from that, um, you know, for those who, who, never heard it. it it is a very very good song it's, a, it's just a very sweet uh uh track and the vocals the, the harmonies on there are just uh superb yeah prince really comes off vulnerable in this song to me he really does yeah and that kind of makes it special because you know he's he's putting aside some of the you know the the bravado and mm-hmm stuff that he does in his later ballads like you know i'm I'm the shit type <laughs> lyrics you know yeah. this one's a lot more i think personal maybe to him because of likely because of the true inspiration behind it right mm-hmm. cool all right well Absolutely. thank you so much micah for joining me on this episode can you uh point people to what you're doing uh <laughs> well um first of all uh Thank you for having me again. I really uh, appreciate the invite. Um, right now, um, well, as far as the, the Purple Underground goes, uh, we are actually uh, in the process of uh, getting some videos uh, done. Uh, you know, it's, 
there's some stuff that's uh, that's in the works. So we we're definitely gonna be uh, dropping some more videos uh, real soon. And um, other than that, uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook at Micah Simpson, and I'm on Instagram at Micah Simpson underscore CMS. And um, you can also check out the Purple Underground YouTube channel, uh, the Facebook page, uh, the Purple Underground Entertainment Lounge, and we're also on Instagram. So mm -hmm. that's, cool. that's, that's pretty much it. And then uh, let me shout out my Purple Underground uh uh, comrades, uh, my, my man, my brother, uh, P. Ross, my funk brother, Lenny B., and, and my lovely uh, better half, uh, Laura, a.k.a. Uh, the Good Luck Charm, L.C. So I just, <laughs> I just wanted to of show them some love. Gosh, yeah. I got to shout out the crew, man. Yeah. Totally get it. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Again, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been Sorry. the Presser Wine Prince Lyrics Podcast. I've been your host, Jason Brenninger. You can find the show uh, on, on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube as well. Presserwine.net is the website that I use to host the show. Uh, use Discord for chatting if you're into that platform. And until next time, peace. Peace.